Are you a service-based entrepreneur feeling stuck in the marketing grind? Do you dream of landing clients who value your expertise and pay what you're worth, but instead feel like you're constantly chasing after projects that drain your energy? There's a better way. Join me, Kate Hyde, for a free three-day live event, the Your Marketing Field Guide Workshop. In this workshop, you'll discover your unique strengths, craft irresistible offers, and create clear messaging that attracts your dream clients. You'll walk away with a guide for exactly what to say about your business, leave the marketing overwhelm behind, and finally attract clients who are a perfect fit for your business. Space is limited, so don't miss out. Head over to DearKateBrandStrategy.com slash workshop to reserve your spot today. That's DearKateBrandStrategy.com slash workshop. Welcome to How You Pictured It, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs ready to grow their business in a way that feels good. Here you'll find actionable tips and tools to create the business and life you pictured. I'm your host, Kate Hyde with Dear Kate Brand Strategy. Let's get started. I am back with Brittany Renee. She's been on the podcast before talking about authenticity and showing up online as yourself. Um, Today we're talking about time planning, time management, um, and kind of goal setting for ourselves. Brittany, do you want to give our uh, audience a little brief overview of you again? Hi, I'm Brittany. Um, I go by Brittany Renee. Renee is not my last name, but (laughs) that's what my work name is. I have three kids, uh, nine, six, four. Wow, I don't know why I forgot what their ages were. Um, <laughs> I'm a photographer by day, and I'm also a business and productivity coach for photographers specifically. I am creating a planner. I have a podcast, and I've also started making t-shirts on the side just because I like to stay busy, apparently. Um, so that is me in a nutshell, Let's talk about how did you get into kind of this like productivity planner situation? For starters, it's hilarious that I'm in this position. Okay. So when I'm not a natural routines and time management kind of person, I was a straight C student my entire life. I was grounded most of my middle school years because I was always making bad grades and that's what my parents thought would help. Spoiler alert, it didn't help me. <laughs> I just didn't like school. I didn't like being productive. I'm a creative. I like to free flow with things. Um, so my, I remember specifically remember my aunt trying to teach me to use a planner. And um, she like made it really cute and stuff like that. And I didn't use it. And then I had my parents. I would bring my planner home every week for my parents to sign. Like I just was not. It was not. It's not my thing. So I'm making this planner, right? Because... I started learning about routines and like actually diving into them and realizing that they weren't there to hinder me. They were there to help me. And my parents think this is the funniest thing in the entire world. They're like, how did you get here? I'm like, I mean, I guess what you were teaching me eventually sunk in. I don't know. So it's just so funny that that I'm here. (laughs) Um, It's not a natural, not a natural thing for me, but I've been learning and I've been implementing. It's been on slow growth. And I realized that I'm not alone. I'm not alone in these these struggles that I'm having. And I just had this passion for wanting to help people get out of that hole that I felt like I was in. And a planner seemed like the best way to help people. Yeah. So last time you were on, we talked about our ADHD and our neurodivergentness. <laughs> um, can you tell me, have you kind of taken that in consideration with what you've created? Uh, yeah, I'm 100%. I, I don't... I'm not advertising this as an ADHD planner, but me being someone who is has ADD, I have certain ways that I have to plan 
right? I have to, I have certain ways that I have to do things. One, everything has to be written down. It has to be documented somewhere or I will forget it. Two, I get easily overwhelmed when I'm, you know, like you'll note, you can pretty much know by the state of my house, like where my mental state is. Like if it's a mess, I'm overwhelmed. And it's kind of goes hand in hand. Is it a mess because I'm overwhelmed or am I overwhelmed because it's a mess? I don't know. So when I was creating this, I, I, I added lots of areas for um, to-do lists and I didn't want it to be feel really overwhelming. And I also am teaching you that, that I think that's the cool thing about this planner is that I'm teaching people to manage their time. It's not just like, here's a pretty planner. I mean, it is really pretty. It is gorgeous, but it's more than just, it is a tool to teach you to learn how to like capture time management and figure it out yourself. Yeah. So what are your biggest tips for time management then? How do you kind of approach it? That's a really big question. (laughs) There's so many. You're right. (laughs) There's so many. I mean, there's so much goes into it. One, you have to have all of your ducks in a row. You have to uh, like, you know, have automations in place, have a website that's working for you so that you're not having to do literally everything. Like we could go on and on and on about how to kind of like group your tasks together to just make your life a little bit easier. But I think you need to know, you need to know what it is that you're doing. (laughs) And I think a lot of times we don't realize what we're doing because a lot of times it's on autopilot. And so I'm a big fan of time audits. I know people are like, that time audits, that sounds terrible, writing down everything that I did. And if you don't know what a time audit is, it's basically you're documenting everything that you do day to day, week to week. So um, you would theoretically sit down and like, Every hour of the day, you just write down what you did for those that last hour. And I know that sounds really overwhelming. So I'm kind of like trying to meet people in the middle and say, okay, what if you just sat down and you brain dumped everything you did? And then as the week goes on and you realize that there's something else you didn't have on there, you just start adding it on. So first things first, I think you need to know what you're doing on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. So that's first. So then you can like group those tasks together. So you have your daily task, you have your weekly task, you have your monthly task. Um, and I think creating a routine. So it's not that you have to think about those things all the time. It's, you know, you, you, you wake up and you make coffee and you make your kids lunch and you make their breakfast and you get them out the door. Those things are routine, right? right. Um, and I think the same can be said about your business. You can start doing things on a more routine basis. So that way, when you let's say you only have two hours to sit down and work for a day. You sit down, you immediately get to work and you know exactly what you're doing. You're not having to fiddle around and like run over here and run over there. And like your brain's all over the place. Cause like we're, you know, we're ADD. So like I start writing an email. I'm like, Oh man, but I have to do this thing too. Oh, then I forgot to do this. And then, Oh, I've got to make a graphic for that. Oh, I got to post this reel that goes along with that. And it's like, you go down this rabbit hole and two hours later you did nothing. Right. <laughs> right. The email is still sitting there half written. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what have I been doing these last two hours? So I think, you know, one, again, knowing what you're, what you need to do, creating into a routine and then knowing exactly what you have to do when you sit down to do it is so helpful. When you're looking at your schedule, when you sit down to make your schedule, how are you doing that? Are you using time blocking or what kind of tools are you using for that? I'm a big fan of time blocking. Um, and I like to keep it really simple. So to begin, I have certain times each day that I can work. So I know that most of my work has to be done when the kids aren't interrupting me, right? And so my daughter, she's four, she's in preschool only three days a week. So I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from 9.30-ish to 1 to get work done. And then I can also do Monday through Friday when the kids get home from school, they like to go play or watch TV or just something that's like, you know, they're on their own. They're, they're not needing 
needing much from me because I've taught them to open their own snacks and do their own things, which is a whole nother thing. <laughs> Teaching your kids to be a little bit independent is great. Um, so I know from three to four, I can sit down and I can do a little bit of work with minimal interruptions. Um, yeah, they're going to come talk to me, but that's fine. So that's, I time block when I know I can get work done. Right. And then I also time block when we have family time every night, Monday through Friday, it is from like four, what did I say? Four to eight is family time. It's, it's dinner time. It's get ready for the next day, cleaning up the house, uh, sports, so many sports, um, all the, all the things that have to do with family. And then from eight to bedtime, that's my nighttime routine. Uh, in the weekends, it's pretty much just family stuff and a couple of sessions here and there. And the mornings, same thing. I have a morning routine. So I don't get too persnickety with what my time blocks look like. It's just like, okay, this is my weekly time block. This is what each week looks like. Monday and Fridays um, are like household stuff, errands, hanging out with her, like just kind of whatever to-dos happen. Or, you know, sometimes it's just playing dolls with her. <laughs> so whatever whatever happens is what happens there. So what questions do you have about my time blocking. Let's get into what time blocking actually is. How would you define it? Time blocking is basically creating like a schedule. So, you know, your kids or when you were in school or your kids, they have like certain subjects during the day, right? Yeah. Or, you know, let's say you're an elementary school teacher and like during this time you have math curriculum that you have to do. And during this time you have, you know, the library PE stuff right there. And then they have the reading curriculum. So it's not necessarily saying what you're doing during those times. It's like this is set aside for a specific event in your life or at school. So, you know, this time is set aside for work. This time is set aside for family. This time is set aside for myself. And this time is set aside for sleep. It's basically like budgeting your time in a way. So how do you use that to then get those tasks done on your list? So then that's where my daily, weekly, and monthly tasks come in. So let's just kind of move into work blocks because okay. uh, I think that's like the most like regimented thing sort of that I do. So I have daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. My daily tasks happen every single day. It's like checking emails, responding to DMs, sending emails, just like those random to-dos that popped up. So I always carve out a certain amount of time every day that I do that Um it's not usually during my work box. If I'm being honest, it's usually in, during coffee time because mm-hmm. I can sit there on my phone, drink coffee and respond to DMs and emails. So that's my dailies. And then I have my weeklies, which that's something that I'm working on because I've never been very good at always like every Tuesday creating content, every Wednesday writing a blog post. But what I'm learning that by having these routines in place, they're not supposed to be hindering me, right? They're supposed to help me stay on top of stuff. And so changing that mindset has kind of helped me. So that that would be Tuesdays I would sit down and I make sure all my content is planned for the next week. Um, I need to make sure my podcasts are scheduled by Thursdays for the next week because what's what was happening a lot is it'd be Tuesday and I'm like, oh my gosh, I never even uploaded that podcast episode. So <laughs> um, I, was, I had to implement, okay, Thursdays is the day that I schedule it for the following week. Um, and then obviously I have client work. So, you know, um, as a photographer, my client work is editing mostly. And so I have to have, obviously have to have time scheduled in for that. And that's usually going to be my three to four work block, the three to 4 PM work block, 
or um, sometimes I'll do it in the evenings after the kids go to bed while I'm watching TV. So that that way I have my Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays opened up for all the other things I do with work. Writing blog posts, updating my website. You kind of mentioned that um, you build in some like automations and different ways to kind of minimize the long to-do list. What made you go seeking like automations, workflows, outsourcing, things like that? Back in the day, <laughs> I remember when I first like really got into photography and I started getting busy, I had a, p- a pad of paper, literally a pad of paper with the sessions that I had coming up. And then I had like a little, you know, checkbox next to it, like, did I send the email? Did I do this? Did I do that? And as I got busier and busier, I realized that that was not going to work because my hands were all up in that. Like I had to physically sit down and copy and paste email. You know, at least I had like template emails, which is great. But, and I started realizing, I was like, this is not going to work. And it was kind of at the beginning stages of like photography, CRMs being a thing. Like I know they've been around for a while, like CRMs are not new, but it wasn't, there wasn't like 50,000 of them to choose from. So I sat down and I was like, this has got to be a thing. And I, I found one. Um, I think even Facebook groups really weren't super big. So I couldn't go in and ask anyone yeah. for it. So I had to figure this out myself. Um, so, you know, I think I started with Dubsado. I want to say that was my first one and I did like it. Um, I eventually moved over to Iris Works, but I'm moving back to Dubsado, just side note, um, for various reasons. So once I got that, I was able to get automations in place and they, and they grew and they grew and they grew. So essentially now I, I make my booking calendar and I put it up there. It's published. It's on my website and it works. It works for me. And I get these bookings rolling in while I'm sleeping or why I'm at the gym or, you know, why I'm hanging out with my kids and I don't have to do that. So it's like one less thing off of my plate. And I know you're, you're super passionate about your website working for you. I mean, I am also a Dubsado user. I'm a Dubsado certified mm-hmm. specialist. Um, having those automations and workflows totally opened me up to being able to book more clients. Like, right. I felt really hindered when I didn't have the systems in place. Like, how was I going to get the contract out and get the questionnaire out and, you know, um, remember to send them an email and edit the photos and do all of those things for all of these clients I wanted to serve. And when I had those kind of systems um, and workflows in place, that really allowed me to take on more clients and then make more money. So paying for those services, like, was super easy then too. Yeah, and when you have all that in your head, it's just like so overwhelmed. So that's kind of, you know, you mentioned systems. I, if you don't know what a system is, it's it's not necessarily an automation. It's more of like a a flow that you, like a routine. It's basically a routine. You're like, okay, this is always what I do for delivering my client galleries. Um, and when you have all that in your head, it's so overwhelming. And then that's when things just kind of start to crumble and fall apart, Right. And the same with the rest of your life too. Like if you have all these things in your head always, like you're just trying to remember everything that you have to do for your kids, for yourself, for, you know, all of the things. And there's no way you can balance all of that. It, we're not, we're not made to balance. I mean, we're already doing too much like that. Don't even get me started there, but it just, you have to have systems in place to, in order to free your mind. Right. And I think at the beginning, when you first start your business, you don't realize that. And you kind of start reinventing the wheel every time you have a client. Like you don't realize that it's repeatable and having that repeatable system gives the client a better experience too. 
Um, Mm -hmm. like knowing, you know, this is the email they get. This is what happens next. They're getting something that's like predictable. And when they come back to you, it's predictable again, and it makes it easier and easier each time. Yeah. I've never gotten anyone to complain about having an automated, automated emails. In fact, I get more compliments than anything. They're like, wow, I, you're so prepared. And I just feel so ready for my session because of these emails. I'm like, yeah. And I've gotten even my coaching clients. They're like, I, I got a compliment for having these systems and automations in place. And I'm like, yeah, you did because people really appreciate being taken care of. And there's no way you can physically take care of everybody in that capacity. And it looks so much more professional too. I think when you have all of that taken care of, um, especially like, I don't know, I started out with like paper contracts that people had to sign at the session Mm -hmm. basically because like, how was I going to get it to them and back because it was 2011, you know? And then, oh my gosh, delivering the email or delivering the galleries on a CD like that I had to mail to people. You're just giving me horrible flashbacks. It was awful. I'm so glad that technology has advanced and we have all of these tools and systems in place, (laughs) but so getting back to our productivity talk, um, let's talk about how goals kind of play into productivity and time management. I think it's really important that you need to know what you want your life to actually look like. So you have, I mean, you have to know what you want your life to look like. Do you want to spend 40 hours a week trying to run your business and catch up to it? Or do you want to be able to go to the park in the middle of the day? Or, you know, all my kids, all my kids are in school. So I like to be able to go up to the school and hang out with them and like do lunch duty and be the classroom mom. And I'm making, I'm making pumpkins right now for um, a fundraiser. And I get to do that because I don't, I know that I don't want my business to run my life, right? And so I love goals, all right? My pops was, um, he was a team workshop leader. I don't know what his job was, but anyways, he's always been like a big goal. He's like, you guys got to set your goals. And he taught us how to set attainable goals. And so literally my entire life, it's been like, I've known how to set goals and achieve them as well. And so knowing what you want your life to look like and creating goals that feed into your life is really important. So let's say one of my goals for my goals this year, they started off one way and I completely diverged to another. I was going to make films for families. And I was like, heck no, like that three months. And I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. (laughs) So it's okay if your goals do change because I realized it wasn't serving my overall purpose in life um, because it was taking up too much time. So my goal is to minimize how much I'm working. Right. Okay. So that's one of my goals. And then taking that goal and breaking into actionable steps um, or, you know, a smart goal. It needs to be time sensitive, uh, measurable and all that. So, and then breaking it down into steps. So what does that look like for me? It looks like creating boundaries around my work. It looks like automating whatever I can automate. It looks like getting better at routines in my job, my work. So that way I don't spend so much time working outside of my work blocks, right? So really like for goals, we're talking first of like overall, what's your vision of success and what your lifestyle looks like. And then breaking that down into like actual, like maybe financial goals or maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, like more specific goals for your business or your life or where you want to go. 
yeah, I'm pulling out the planner right now because you yep. you just made me re- realize something. Remember something? Um, okay, so I have this section in the planner. Right, it starts off. There's a whole goal setting section, and it, it goes to teaches you how to set goals if you never set a goal before. It talks about smart goals as a section about dreaming your life up. Like you said, I ask you questions. You know, consider what's most important in your life. At the end of the day, how do you want people to view you and your actions? If you can only accomplish one thing in your life, what would it be? So just things for your, you to dream up about your life. And then just start brain, you know, brainstorming. Like, what do I want my life to look like? And then it goes into goals for the year. There are, I have eight sections for you to set goals for your life. You got physical, mental, spiritual, social family, financial, career, and hobbies, right? So one of my personal goals this year was to do more DIY projects. And because I don't want my life to only be about work, I want there to be some enjoyment in it. And so I love DIY projects. And so I set a goal to do one DIY project a month this year. And I've done a few. Um, I forgot about it for a little bit. Like I said, my goals got super derailed and things got a little crazy, but um, that's okay. This is only for you. It's not for anybody else. But these goals that you set for yourself should add, you know, a, like a well-balanced life for yourself. I think I think last year I set a goal of um, making $100,000 in my photography business and I did it and it was awesome. And then I was like, okay, that actually, that didn't satisfy me like I thought it was going right. to. Um, and so I completely shifted everything this year. And I was like, it's not necessarily about the money that I'm making. It's about how I feel, you know, and like just like doing less. Honestly, doing less was a big goal for me this year. I I was recently at something where we were talking about like the other ladies were talking about being exposed to wealth and like these big fancy houses and like all of these things and then feeling like aspirational towards that. And I was sitting there thinking, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have a big house maybe, but then somebody has to clean it. And, (laughs) you know, like, are you ever even really there because you're working so much to afford the big house? So like, I think if you start with that, that dream portion and really get clear on like, that vision for your life and how you pictured it um, <laughs> would be like the like biggest overall suggestion for goal setting, and then kind mm-hmm. of figuring out how you how you get to that picture is the biggest right. part of it. Yeah, absolutely, and I totally agree with you on that. Like big money making thing, yeah, like it does set like that's what you think that you want, right? Until you know you start doing the things that get you there and then you're like oh is this really what I want I don't want a big house I want a little farmhouse out in the country with chickens and stuff like that you know I like that's what I want (laughs) that's what I want so yeah yeah a house that you can live in and and Mm -hmm. like feel family and home and comfy and cozy yeah all right Brittany I have enjoyed our conversation tell me more about where we can find you where we can find the planner what's coming up for you if you want to dive in a little bit more into this whole idea of productivity, like we barely scratched the surface. Honestly, there's so much into it. I have a uh, free workshop coming up on November 7th, 8th, and 9th. It's at 10 a.m. Central. Um, I really highly suggest people attend it live, but if you can't, that's okay because there will be a replay. Um, but this is the only opportunity that people are going to have to get into this free workshop that I'm ha- hosting. We're going to talk about, you know, creating your time blocks, uh, doing a Sunday reset, creating morning routines, evening routines, and just like 
blocking your time together to be more productive in your days and free up time essentially. And then also, of course, I have the planner and I have a special code for your listeners. It's Kate15. And I'm guessing you'll link the... I will put the link in the show notes for you. (laughs) I really enjoy talking with you again. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Brittany Renee. You can find all of the links to her products and offerings in the show notes. Let me know though, what was the biggest takeaway you had from this episode? I think my favorite thing that we talked about was the idea of setting goals based on your vision of your life and how you want your life to be um, and finding ways to break that down into something more manageable and attainable and approachable, things that you can actually do to get to that um, life that you dreamed of. So let me know over on Instagram in the DMs at Dear Kate Brand Strategy what actions you are going to take from this episode and what your biggest takeaway was. I would love to hear from you and I'm sure Brittany would too. So be sure to follow her as well. Have a great day and I'll talk to you next week.